boys, girls, children of all ages. This is your friend, the nonprofit sector connector, Tommy D coming at you from the top of my house, below the roof in the attic. That's right. Every single week at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time, my friend, my buddy, my comrade, my pal, Valerie Heffron is always seated next to me, at least virtually, because there's nobody allowed in the attic, but you guys know that already. But virtually, my friend Valerie is with me, and our vision is to share with you on this here program called PALS, the Professionals and Animal Lovers Show, that the bond between humans and animals is as important or as connected as the bond between pets and their owners and their and owners and their pets and vice versa, because it is a symbiotic relationship. We're going to do a couple of things each week when we come together. We're going to help you learn. So we're going to educate you and we're going to help you advocate. So we're going to educate you on a couple of things. Um, we're going to, we have a lot to share today. There's a ton to get into. In the back of my head, I hear the Long Island Railroad coming through. So I felt like I was going to have to mention it because I might have to mention it soon because the train is coming down the track. Feels like um, a Johnny Cash song. Look, I, you know, when when we start this show, there's this very mellow music. And I remember, I think it was John Stewart, Valerie and Sandy. There was a, a John Stewart on The Daily Show used to at the end of the show, I think he used to say, and now your moment of Zen. I think that was like his his the end of the show and the Daily Show. If it wasn't, I'm sure somebody will correct me on on social media what what it was. But this show has sort of become my moment of Zen in a Harry Carey world. When we come here, we start the show, we get mellowed out, we get grounded. I'm going to spare you the meditation. We don't have to all meditate together, although that's become a thing like in a lot of circles, like when we start business meetings, it's like, let's get grounded, let's be reflective. And certainly here on this network, uh, there's a lot of talk in the mindfulness and, and spiritualness. And, uh, you know, just check out the rest of the network here to see what I'm talking about. Uh, this dog is yoga. Yo what, what, dog yoga? Goat yoga. Goat yoga. I uh oh. Sandy's shaking oh, no. it. She doesn't like it. Sandy's shaking it off. Sandy, goat even yoga. tell us what what happened. Well, I mean, do goat yoga if you want to. I love yoga. I am a yoga instructor and a meditation instructor too. So tell me, you're oh, we're gonna on that. right there. Awesome. Uh, Man, goats climb on everything. Who wants a goat uh, climbing on their back when they're in down dog? No, thank you. Me, me. No kidding. <laughs> I, I, will, I will say this, though. If you're actually doing yoga for, for real, um, it's the most highly distract. I didn't do any yoga when I went to goat yoga. I just was like petting and picking yeah. them up and blown away at how adorable they were. So They are adorable. You're right. I, I'm really doing a lot of yoga. Yeah. I, I Well, first of all, I don't. I, don't, I haven't done yoga. I definitely like, I'm definitely on the meditation tip for sure. You know, I mean, I go, I go back to, to when those four boys from Liverpool made their way over to see the Maharishi many, many years ago, Sam Leibowitz. I'm sure this, our Sam, our executive producer on the other side of the glass, as we say in the business, I'm sure you're kind of digging the vibe here, but you know, there's that whole thing about, you know, the divinity is really inside of us, right? It's not outside of us. And, you know, certainly uh, I know George took to that and obviously Paul and, um, and Ringo as well, 
really were digging it. But uh, I, you know, in my studies of the Beatles and stuff in the Maharishi, I studied transcendental meditation and, and um, you know, certainly ways that we need to go inside more, especially, and I didn't plan on talking about this today, but especially in a world where uh, the challenges around mental health are even more apparent than they had been just a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. I think the good thing is that we're really shining a light on, on the mental health issues in this country and on this planet that we may not have been uh, if it wasn't for what we've experienced. So yeah. I will, right. I'll try to bring it back because uh, that's not what this show is all about. But the one thing about the show is we're just going to bring you all types of stuff because um, at <laughs> least one of the, at least one of the hosts just says whatever happens to enter his brain at any given time. So uh, so that who knows where we're. That was my fault. That one was my fault with the goat yoga, though. But yeah, let's let's go back. Let's go. We got a lot to do. Let's do it. All right. So um, all right, we got something to celebrate today right out of the gate. So yes, home gamers, hope you have your own pom poms. But we have to just say that there has been, after 22 months, and just to, to, to kind of shout it out, from a local perspective, we're here in New York. Valerie originally hails from Long Island, where I am. And uh, in Nassau County here, the town of Hempstead, after 22 months, has reinstated the TNR, which is trap, neuter, re, not release, but replace, re, right? Replace. Release. Return. Return. I return. I knew yeah. it was, we'd bring them back. So I, it's return. Trap, neuter, return. Yeah. You return these feral animals back to their neighborhood. So we got your pom-poms out, Sandy. We didn't tell you. Bring your pom-poms. I don't own any pom-poms. <laughs> so we're, but, so we're, we're thrilled about that. So that's a big thing. What I'm going to do for you guys is I will share uh, a link to a page that Valerie maintains on Facebook for uh, voters for the voice list, which will speak more to that value. Want to mention anything about that? And also, I just want to thank every single person who called, who emailed, who started a petition that had almost 50,000 signatures on it. This is America's largest township, the town of Hempstead. So to get 50,000 signatures, it's a big deal. And who showed up to board meetings and pled with the town board to please reinstate this very humane and, and previously very successful program. So thank you. That's a big deal. Thank you for thanks for that. And thank you for the policy for listening to that, the politicians for really paying attention to that. I know Valerie spent a lot of time in that space. I shared the voters for voiceless on Facebook right alongside our stream. So by all means, uh, check in with that and check in with Valerie. You know, Val, I know there's also some other things we want to talk before we introduce Sandy Weaver and, and really dive into the meat of the conversation. I'm sorry, I said meat. I'm sorry. I know that sometimes we talk about vegetarians <laughs> and vegans. John DeLeonardo, I'm sorry, I didn't mean meat like animal meat. I just meant meat of the conversation. I got to find a new word for that. <laughs> I told you, Sandy, it's just whatever comes into my head. So most, for the most part, just comes out of my mouth. All right, let's go, Val. Talk to me about legislation. What's going on? Okay, so uh, so this pertains also to New York because right now, once again, uh, I believe it's the second or third year in a row, there is a an anti-puppy mill, kitten mill, and rabbit mill that has been slowly progressing its way through legislative um, committees. So right now it's kind of stuck in the rules committee. And what we need everyone to do is to call their legislators. The bill is simply to prohibit the retail sales of puppies, kittens, and rabbits um, from pet stores within New York, because they're sourcing from the opposite of what we're going to talk about today, which are reputable breeders. So we don't want the puppy mill uh, pipeline to continue into New York. 
And for what it's worth, this legislation, comparable legislation, is really sweeping the nation. Uh, uh, Many other states have passed it. Over 400 municipalities on a local level have passed it. And it's really time for New York to step up its game and finally pass this humane piece of legislation. So please call your assembly members. What what a great word, humane. I mean, are you kidding me, gang? What are we talking about here? These are animals. These are animals who can't really take care of themselves. And as another species, we should be looking out for them. Here's three words that came up for me while while Valerie was talking what I said. Educate, advocate, and legislate. That's really what's going on here. So you're going to learn a lot. You're going to learn a lot every week when you come through checking us out. Talk radio. Oh, I love it. And you like that talking I love, broadcast? We're going to have to change the words to that in excess on. It's instead of, you know, what's, like, what's meditate, mediate, love your mate, whatever, try not to hate. You know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't, but I would like to listen it's to it. It's a famous in excess song. Forget I only it. know that one. I think I only know one in excess song. Is it like jump? Or is that like somebody? No, else? that's Van Halen. All right. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Right. Moving on. Right. I don't know. I, I, all right. All right. Anyway, Tommy, some music. We got to Sandy. I, I know. I, I know music, man. I was. I mean, come on. I opened up the show talking about transcendental meditation and the Beatles, man. I, I'm right. Let's yeah. let's. All right. Let's do it. Sandy Weaver's here. She's dying to get into the conversation. We're like totally blocking her out. Like we're like talking. She wants to be here. So before we do it, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read some background. And this is actually coming right out of Sandy's bio. She says, I've been involved in dog sports, Siberian Huskies, including the occasional litter since 1979. And she added dog show judge to her resume in the year 2012. She's on the board of directors of the Georgia Canine Coalition, the Atlanta Kennel Club, and past president of the Siberian Husky Club of Greater Atlanta and North Georgia Siberian Husky Club, in addition to having served as recording secretary and education coordinator for the Siberian Husky Club of America. We actually have some pictures that we're going to share later on. And I believe, yeah, I think that's what Valerie had sent me those pictures, but I have some more we'll find too. But first of all, I have a lot of connections, some friends down in Atlanta. So are you, are you in Atlanta? Because I have a friend down in Dunwoody. Oh, okay. Dunwoody is one subdivision south of me, not subdivision, one city south of me and one city east of me. So I'm real close. I'm actually in Roswell. But Roswell. if I say Roswell, people think of the, you know, the aliens in New Mexico. Listen, so- don't start. Because you start talking aliens, the show is going to totally go off the rails. You're going to start. Oh, that'd be fun. Did you see, like, I will tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. They're never quick, but I'll tell you a story either, either way. What happened to me the other day, I was on a phone call with my wife, like a video call for something for one of my children. And I was, we were speaking to um, one of the school administrators and literally out of the back door of my house, a squirrel ran by and I literally was distracted by a squirrel running by. So like people say that, like, so, so now I'm on alien, but back to, back to Roxwell. I do have friends in Dunwoody. We could talk offline and maybe make some connections. I know Valerie has a ton of questions for you, Sandy. So do I, but why don't you start off just, I don't want to read your bio. I want you to tell us your story. Oh, wow. Well, um, I have always wanted a Siberian Husky. Growing up, I wanted a Siberian Husky. My dad was career military. So his story was we were only allowed to have a small dog and a Siberian was too big. I'm not really sure he was telling the truth because some of the people in the neighborhoods where we lived had much larger dogs than ours. But um, his, he always said, whenever you get a place of your own, you can have whatever kind of dog you want. So right. I did. And I got a Siberian and all I knew about the breed, you'd think after wanting them for all those years, I would have studied and understood and learned. No, all I knew was that they're beautiful. And I wanted a red and white one with blue eyes. 
And otherwise, I found one just now on on the website, like on on the YouTube, not the YouTube, on Google, uh-huh. and it, the eyes are incredibly piercing blue. Like, are they all like that? No, no, um, no. They can have the cool thing about Siberians is that it's a form follows function breed. They're bred to run thirty feet in front of their person all day long, pulling a light load at a moderate speed. There, it's a distance sled dog. It's an endurance sled dog. Think if you think about the Kenyan marathon runners and how they're built. That's how a Siberian is supposed to be built. And mm. that's kind of the energy level they have too. Um, mm. But but we don't care what color they are and we don't care what markings they have. There's no preferred markings. There's no preferred eye color. They can have a brown eye and a blue eye or a brown oh, eye with yeah. a little bit of blue in it or a blue eye yeah. with a little bit of brown in it or brown eyes or amber eyes. Doesn't matter. We don't care. Mm-hmm. We don't care. But at that point, these are so cool. I love, I love them. I find them, so many of them are so talkative and you see yep. all of these like little videos all, everywhere where they're like having conversation with their own (laughs) so cool so cool yeah they're they're Um, lots of fun i will say this i um felt very connected very quickly with sandy we had someone who kind of connected us um through a networking thing i put out an email and i was like i really am looking for some terrific guests on the show and um someone connected us and before I knew it, we realized that we weren't too far away from each other um, in terms of like nationwide. Right. So we're a couple hours away via a drive and she's while on the phone, looks up this dog show that happened to be coming up. And she was like, I'm only like three hours away. Do you want to meet up there? And I'm like, that's what happened. I know you went to the dog show. You guys, you guys met like through us trying to get new connections. Yep. And then yep. you met in person and went to the show together? Yep. Yep. Oh, I didn't yep. get that. Oh, how fun. And I felt so VIP. It was, I can't even explain it. Like, I mean, it, it, I felt like I was walking around. Like, imagine you're taking a tour of like a high-end, you know, restaurant or something. And the owner is is like walking you around, telling you like what, you know, what to look for, learn and giving you like a full-blown education. And I really got so much out of that show. Although it was very about being distracted and like squirrel i mean every dog every breed everything you can imagine you're seeing them getting groomed you're seeing them in the ring you're seeing them just like walking by you and for me to try to walk a straight line in that environment it was like impossible but um so the the point is and i i want to just let everyone know that i'm really grateful to sandy because we've talked a lot about this industry and the pet industry and the pet professionals industry can be so fantastic. And we want people, you know, uh, I'm always going to, to be an advocate for rescue and adoptions, but if you, for some reason are, you know, I also recognize that people have an affinity towards a certain breed and they want a certain breed. And it could be for a lot of reasons. It could be for working purposes. It could be because of a childhood experience. It could be because of a movie. I don't know, but I do realize that people are going to want a purebred dog. And so the conversation that we need to have is how to identify a reputable breeder versus someone who is not. And I'm so grateful that she's going to be part of this. We're going to leave it right there because we got to go to a quick commercial break. But that's a good cliffhanger. I want to say a shout out to a couple of our friends checking in on Facebook. You know, Christine, Kathleen saying, hey, Val, thanks for the invite. This this is a topic I was very interested in with a bunch of hearts. Thank you, Christine, for checking in the show. And then some guy called Barry Heffron is saying... (laughs) 
Val was totally distracted the entire show. I wish I had her on a leash. All right. So listen, that is not the kind of stuff we do on this show. That's not the kind of humor we really go for. <laughs> Just kidding, Dr. B. Well, we love you. <laughs> we love it. What happened? What happened to this? We're just getting going and we're already silly. All right. So this is the uh, Professionals and Animal Lover Circus. And uh, I will show a picture of um, um, some dogs from the dog show. When we go to break, we'll come back. Sandy Weaver's here. We will hear more. Uh, we'll hear some about Sandy's company, Center for Workplace Happiness. I'm sure we'll dive into that because I want to find out how we might be able to make some connections for you because I can't help myself with the mm -hmm. connection. Thank you. This is Pals, and I'm out of breath. We'll be right back. <laughs> Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We are back at the Professional and Animal Lover Show. Um, Sandy, I'm going to read a little bit of what you uh, emailed me, the seven points, and then we'll jump backwards into them. But I'll just to let you know, Sandy provided some great information about ways to identify reputable breeders. Um, number one, only breed a, a reputable breeder will only breed animals proven in the show ring and or doing the job their breed is designed to do. Number two, they will only breed mature animals. Number three, they only breed animals who have passed all of the genetic screening tests recommended for their breed by the parent club of that breed. Four, they will ask you tough questions about how their puppy will live if it comes to your house. Five, they may ask for veterinary references. And if they do, they'll ask the vet about how you cared for your previous dogs. 
Number six, they may not have a website or a Facebook page. And if they do, most of the pictures will be of mature dogs, not adorable puppies designed to melt hearts and open checkbooks. Wow. And number seven, they will have a written contract outlining mutual expectations. One of the clauses will say that if the purchaser has to give up the dog at any point in the dog's life, and for any reason, the dog must go back to the breeder. Wow, wow, wow. I have heard of quite a few of those bullet points. I really want to jump into number six, whereas this is something that I really want to emphasize. I have never heard of this bullet point before. But I have certainly looked into a lot of people. I sometimes will have the opportunity from friends or colleagues that are saying, I'm thinking of getting a puppy. I heard about this website. I heard about this place. Can you check it out for me? And it's my honor to do so. And every time I've gone on to one of those websites, all you see is puppies, 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 puppies. That is it. So um, let's start wherever you want. Where do you... uh, which one do you want to speak to? Which which bullet point there? Well, I guess I should start with the one that most people suggested. Earlier this week, in anticipation of this session, I reached out to a whole bunch of people via Facebook, private groups that are in, you know, breeder groups or dog show groups, and I asked them to give me their one most important feature of a responsible breeder or a reputable breeder. Mm-hmm. And the the one that I got back the most often was that they are not only willing, but they bind you by contract that if they ever have to give the, you know, if the purchaser ever have to has to give the puppy up any time in its life, for whatever reason, it's 12 years old and it's peeing on the carpet because it's incontinent, I'm going to get rid of it or I'm going to put it down. The breeder says, no, you signed a contract. It comes back to me. And mm-hmm. responsible breeders, reputable breeders, good breeders require that because mm-hmm. we feel responsible for every single one of the little lives we put on the planet. And we are responsible for that animal's entire life. Mm-hmm. And that's that to me, was that was the one that came back most often from the people that were kind enough to share their expertise and their opinions with me. I really appreciated all of the great guidance I got. But you that was are really smart. Right. Yeah, you are right, Valerie. Um, if you are looking at a website, there are a couple things to do, website or Facebook page, a couple things to do. Are they showing mature animals with titles on one or of, or the other or preferably both ends of the dog's name? So if they're just calling the dog Fifi, if they're not saying champion, well, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to use my own dog's name. She's not a champion yet, but she will be. Um, <laughs> if it, if it, yeah. Right. So I'm going to talk about Casey and it's, her, her name would be if it appeared in print on a website would be champion halos. Follow your arrow at Catch Me. And then she's got about seven performance titles on the other end. She just turned two this past Saturday. So she's wow. just at the point of maturity where she's going to go in the show ring this year, hopefully, and finish her championship. What, what are those other names? Is that like the lineage, Sandy? Is that the family uh, line? Halo Halo is the kennel name of the woman who bred her. That's my friend, Lisa Hall. Um, She's the breeder. So Halo is her kennel name. And even though Casey's my puppy and I named her, I felt like it was important to put Lisa's kennel name first because that's where that's the designer of of my puppy. 
Uh, that's the person who produced my puppy. Catch Me is my kennel name. It's K-A-C-H-M-E because it's a Siberian Husky's very favorite game. Catch Me, Catch Me if you can. <laughs> we'll talk about talking about the pitfalls of the breed, but I can go right here. There are two main pitfalls of owning a Siberian. One, they're bred to run 30 feet in front of you all day long, making semi-independent decisions. So if you let them off lead outside of a fenced area and they're not focused on you doing something, they're gone because they're doing their job. And the other one is they shed a lot. So and so the way I name dogs is I, I choose a song that I love. And so I love the song Follow Your Arrow by Casey Musgraves. And oh. so Casey is named after Casey Musgraves. That's, that's I was thinking my, of Casey yeah. Jones by the Grateful Dead. No, not not a deadhead. Not a deadhead. No, no, I'm not either, but that's what I like. That's so, a different song completely. I don't even yeah. know the other song, but this is a way different song, what you're oh, talking Follow about. Your Arrow, Follow Your Arrow is a great song. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Getting back to this, and if anyone is watching on Facebook Live and they want to ask a question, please put it in the chat box. Um, and while you're at it, you can also like us and share us. Don't keep us a secret because this is really important information. Um, when you say mature, only they only breed mature animals. Can you please define mature? Sure. It differs by the size of the breed, believe it or not. Maturity mm-hmm. in a toy breed is considered to be about a year old. But mm-hmm. anything that might have hip dysplasia behind it, two is minimum. Two years old is minimum. And okay. at the age of two, so Casey just got to the point on Saturday that she can be OFA hip x-rayed. And she will be OFA hip x-rayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Siberians mm-hmm. don't have a big problem with hip dysplasia, but it's because as a community, as soon as it was discovered and as soon as the specific x-ray was designed for it, mm-hmm. we have all been really careful about x-raying all of our breeding stock. So we don't me, breed anything. So, let, so Sandy, just to understand that, because I think I understand it, but I'm really thinking about it here. Right. So, so if somebody doesn't really just grasp it right away, are you saying those, and you'll correct me and put the right phraseology in here, but those uh, ailments or those sicknesses, you and, and other breeders in the community will breed those out and kind of go quote unquote best of breed. And that's the animals that will continue to produce. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And that's, and Tommy, you got it just right. Thank you for explaining it that way. Every breed has different hereditary diseases that have been designed as or designated as hereditary. And so when you track it, you know, um, most of the sporting breeds like Labradors and Goldens and uh, German Shepherds have a big problem with hip dysplasia. There are a lot of breeds that have a problem with hip dysplasia, which is laxity in the joint. And so you have a shallow hip socket or a small head of the femur, and they don't fit. They move around too much, and it's painful and debilitating for the dog. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to breed animals that are affected. And mm-hmm. even going one step further, a lot of breeders don't... OFA, which is the Orthopedic Foundation for Animals, recognizes OFA excellent hips, OFA good hips, and OFA fair hips. And a lot of breeders will not breed the fair hips because the next level down is dysplastic. And they don't, they they figure by not breeding the fair ones, they're keeping the hips as good and as tight as they possibly can. And so for every breed, if you go to their parent club website, and by parent club, you mentioned that I was on the board of the Siberian Husky Club of America for several years. And that's the parent club in America for Siberian Huskies. So if you go to the parent club website, and you can just, you know, Google it, Bing it, whatever it, um, you know, what insert name of the breed here. Of America, Club of America, um, mm-hmm. or 
American, insert the breed here, Google will find it for you. Go to that website and look at the genetic testes, test, test, tests that are recommended. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Yeah. I think I said something was a totally different word there. Uh, <laughs> and this is such a huge, this is such a huge differentiating factor from the responsible breeders versus the ones who are just in it for the money. And um, look, you know, a very simple way to tell. I mean, I made one phone call once. Thankfully, a friend asked me to check this place out. And I asked them, so like, what's your process in terms of uh, getting one of your puppies? And the woman just answered, you send me a $500 deposit. And then when you pick it up, you come meet me in this parking lot and I'll give you the dog and you give me the rest of the money. That's so it. Many. No wow. process. Yeah. No, it's the money. You can. It's the same thing. You can walk into a pet store, drop down a couple thousand dollars. Here's your puppy. They don't care if you live in an apartment that you could get. Potentially, you're breaking the rules of your lease. They don't care if you're in a condominium, which could be, you know, you're breaking those like HOA rules or whatever. They don't care about your experiences with animals. Do you have other animals? What's your household look like? Whatever. They don't care about any of that. They care about the money. Okay. Yeah. That's a big tell. Um, But the other thing that I really need to mention, because this happened to a very good friend of mine, young couple, they brought home, uh, they were in love with a a puggle and they went to, they got from a pet store and um, they had a baby after they got the puppy and the puppy and the baby were like so close. They were just inseparable. And um, by the time their human son turned two, they found out that their puppy had IVDD, which is a horrible, horrific spinal degeneration, hereditary uh, uh, spinal cord um, degeneration issue. And all of a sudden one day, uh, you know, their puppy couldn't walk. And it's just heartbreaking to see this happen to a very wonderful, loving family that really believed the people who sold them this, this puppy that they were purchasing from the best of the best breeders. People will tell you anything to sell you a puppy, including yes. that the puppy you have chosen is the pick of the litter. Yes. Responsible, reputable breeders do not let pick of the litter go to anybody they don't know. They're either keeping it for themselves or it's if it's a really good puppy, it's going to a show home. It's not going to Joe Blow's home. Um, <laughs> nothing wrong with Joe Blow's home, but in every litter, there are there are show prospect puppies and there are pet puppies. And we can yeah. go. I know we're about to we're pushing on a break. Yeah, that's funny, though, that like we, it's it's like silly to think that Joe Blow or Mary Blow could show up and like they're going to get like I'm the breeder, man. You think I'm going to give you like. The, the cream of the crop. I'm going to or sales tactic. It's a, it's right, a, right. But, sales I, I, tactic. Yeah, yeah, but it's, but again, it's funny that we would you know you would assume you're coming off the street and they're going to give you that dog when there's all this other stuff into it. There's so much stuff here. There's so many questions I have. But just to just shout out real quick. So you're saying if I wanted a, uh, I'll just say Chihuahua for example, and I would go to like the Chihuahua club of america looking for that and then i can find out where to go to a breeder and get like a breeder who's on so these are certified breeders there's all kinds of designations i'm i'm not saying this i'm asking really that 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 all that information's out there so it's not a lack of access really sandy i guess it's just a lack of education it's not knowing what you don't know 
I, I didn't know what I didn't know when I got my first dog and I bought him from a backyard breeder. I made every mistake I, that I could possibly make and and I learned to do better. And so I've spent the rest of my time in dogs trying to help other people do better because my yes. first dog was very sweet, but he was not a good representative of the breed. I think that's something we need to take. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that because I think it's something, you know, Sandy comes with all, all the her background now and her dedication to this craft, but mm-hmm. she didn't start out there. So be graceful right. with each other. Be graceful yes. with yourself. This is a right. process. So as we learn, and certainly as the guy who does not know on this show, and that's kind of the role I've decided to take and it works because I don't know much about this stuff, although I'm learning, it gets to be playful in that we can grow. We're going to know more next week than we know today. And, and that's everything in life. It's about evolution. I asked Valerie to take us to break, but because I keep talking, I'm going to do it. This is the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. 90 seconds. We'll be back. Howdy. Hey, Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. I want to say, uh, this is Pals, by the way, everybody. I want to say, uh, calling all pet lovers, calling all pet lovers. Every time I hear our, <laughs> our, that song brings us back from the break, which that commercial probably come up soon, but I, I love that. And uh, wow, I, I know we have so many more questions about the animals, and I, I'm going to defer to Valerie because she's got uh, a lot on her list. But I do want to send a kind of shout out. I, I shared Sandy Weaver's website, which is the Center for Workplace Happiness com and I just dig the whole name and, and want to hear about it. And Sandy has a, a tiny podcast. I mean, I think it's the world's second smallest podcast we were joking about, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so uh, I, I couldn't have a podcast that small because I don't stop talking. So it might be, <laughs> we'd have to stop the tape. It'd be like, stop the tape. Okay, the podcast is over, but he's still going. So um, I, I know Valerie wants to talk more, certainly about how 
you're involved in helping the four-legged creatures, but in, in again, looking at your website, the work you're doing with the with the veterinarians and their teams and things like that, I certainly want to touch upon that. So, Val, why don't you take it away? And then I, I'd love to give Sandy an opportunity to talk about right. the other side of things. Absolutely, absolutely. And maybe we can introduce her to some, some vets and other pet professionals that we know. But um, so I just want to read something out of this book, quickly it's this is a book i read a couple of years ago designer dogs and i really recommend this book uh by madeline bernstein yeah i recommend this book to anyone who if you're thinking of adding another uh family member a fur family member and you are interested in in a specific you know type of breed i really recommend this you know i'll speak to the doodles oh hi <laughs> hey, oh hello casey <laughs> That's oh Casey. my goodness. Hey, Casey, what's up? Where, so what's she doing there? Casey, how are you? Hi, she I love talking about her, so she decided to come join. What's Hi, up? Casey. Does, does she have like a nickname? Can we, can we just call her Casey? Does she have like a nickname? All right, there's like. Yes, she gets called a few other things now and then, but Casey's probably the most uh, family friendly one. <laughs> <laughs> now, where's Jovi? Where's Jovi right now? How come Jovi's not on the show? I know. Well, I'm with the cats today. I'm just saying, you think they come to see you and me and Sandy? They come to see the dogs. That's why. I know. I know. It's so true. Um, So this this book and the reason I'm bringing this up is because there's something called designer dogs out there that, you know, they become very popular and very trendy. And it's a lot of fun. I mean, we jokingly say because our dog is a rescue dog. We did the DNA test. He turned out to be half Havanese, half Shih Tzu. So we call him a Havashit. It's not a real thing, no. But but like there's now there's been an explosion in in doodles and you know cavapoos and and all of these other little variations. Um, and they became also very popular. Like you see celebrities carrying some of them around in their pocketbooks and things like that. And believe it or not, that can create a lot of demand. But I really want everyone to understand the importance of vetting the place that they're getting a puppy from if you're going to purchase a puppy, okay? Here's an example. Uh, The person who originated the Labradoodle, his name is Wally Conran. Conran's decision to mastermind a Labradoodle haunted him for years. Once he invented breed, once his invented breed became publicly known, demand for it exploded And this is despite the fact that, as Conran learned, Labradoodles don't breed true. Their coats, excuse me, their coats can differ. Their behavior is unpredictable. And most are not hypoallergenic, which was something that people were constantly being told. Um, In the years since Conran's experiment, he frequently admitted that a mixed breed dog cannot be considered a purebred and that he only called his puppies members of a new breed because he wanted the royal guide dog association to train one of his dogs. He opened a Pandora's box and he, he says, I released a Frankenstein. So many people are just breeding for the money. This is the guy who invented the Labradoodles. And, you know, at, at the time when I met Sandy, she was very helpful because I knew someone who was interested in getting a Labradoodle and she said, the first thing that you need to do is, I'll let you fill in the blank, Sandy. Um, realize that 
first of all, the things we're talking about looking for a good breeder, look for that even if you're going to get a crossbreed dog, an intentional mixed breed dog, which is what they are. They are mixed breed dogs. It takes about 30 generations of really good breeding practices to create something that will breed true. That's how a lot of our our current breeds became the breed that they are is that somebody yeah. took a little bit of this and a little bit of this and they mixed it together and they spent 30 to 50 generations of breeding to create a dog that'll breed true, which means you have this one that looks like this and has these characteristics. You breed it to this one that looks the same with the same characteristics. You're going to get a whole litter of nothing but what the parents are. That's called breeding true. And it takes 30 to 50 generations to get there. And if you're going to get an intentional mixed breed, what you need to know is the genetic tests that let's let's just say for an Akita and a Siberian, which is an intentional mixed breed. I forget what they call them, but I've seen a couple of them. And um, it, so you have to do the genetic testing that the Akita needs and the genetic testing that the Siberian needs before you do any of that breeding. And all of the puppies are going to need the genetic testing of both parents to figure right. out whether, whether they've inherited because it people say oh it's it's uh, hybrid vigor no it's not because if you breed <laughs> uh, if you breed a standard poodle who has hip dysplasia to a golden retriever who has hip dysplasia you're going to get a litter full of puppies with hip dysplasia and that's so, the key and that's, yeah and that's one of the that is one of the keys and also look at the end of the day just to emphasize this i unfortunately i do know someone who was sold a great story and they made a purchase online and someone else flew out to another state somewhere in the Midwest and picked up whatever kind of doodle. I think it, now it's an Irish doodle or something. And, and, you know, in their mind, that was a good breeder just because they were told that by somebody else that they trust. And I just, I, I really want to put an end to that because that is, that you are being sold a bill of goods. There's not one irresponsible breeder who is going to tell you we, we're not good breeders. No one's going to be forthcoming about this. Exactly. Exactly. Your money. Right. Exactly. So that I look, I divide breeders into three different types. Mm -hmm. There are, there are responsible breeders who do everything that we've been talking about. They do all the genetic screening. They take care of their dogs. They, they only breed mature animals. Uh, they, the raising of the puppies is really fabulous. They're very careful about where they send their puppies to sell their puppies to. They mm -hmm. would rather talk an inappropriate home out of a breed completely, which mm -hmm. I've done. Mm -hmm. uh, people come to me wanting a Siberian puppy and I'm like, you know, that is not the dog you need. Your mm -hmm. lifestyle says you probably need some, this, this, or this, this. You don't need something this active. Right. Um, or, or they've got a tiny baby and they want to add a, a dog and it's like, no, tiny baby needs a stuffed animal. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, so that's a good breeder. A good breeder is going to feel like um, a strict teacher or a strict parent in the way that they question you, in the rules that they set up. But that's who you want to deal with. Mm -hmm, then there's mm -hmm. the backyard breeder, which is how I got my first dog. And the backyard breeder has a purebred dog, and they find another purebred dog of the same breed, and they put them together, and they have some puppies. Amen. You know, they sell the puppies. They don't really care. They don't know what they don't know. They really don't know what they don't know because they're not involved in the dog world like I've been involved in the dog world. So I was almost that person. I well, kind of. I, I, I here's a confession. Oh my god, people are going to want to kill me. This is just <laughs> the truth. <laughs> We've had him for ten years. Our rescue puppy. He's not a purebred, but I remember thinking and saying to my friends, like he's too cute not to be a dad. 
He's too cute not to reproduce. And we thought about it just because of the cuteness overload that, I mean, we were so in love with our dog. We still are. That said, thankfully, I have friends like who kind of pulled me aside. They know I love animals. And they were like, you do realize that there's like so many homeless animals out there and adoptable X amount of adoptable, you know, animals are being killed in shelters every year. And, you know, they, they gave me the tough, tough love speech. And I was like, Oh, maybe they're right. I don't really need to do this. You know, know, two, two quick things I want to jump in on. First of all, one is to get a little levity here, which I'll give you in a sec. And then the other part is like, I want to know first it's a Husqueda. Is the name of the dog when you take uh, uh, a Siberian and an Akita. I found that for you. I want to know, Sandy, is there a blog? You have these three different levels of breeders. Is there a blog? Is there somewhere people can check in on some of the stuff you're doing so we can share it out there for you? Um, you can find me on social media. Facebook okay. is where I live the most. Okay. Um, but I've got an Instagram account. Um, I've got a LinkedIn account. Um, I'm on social and I'm I'm all out in public. So got just, it. So on Facebook, find it, me and play with me. So if <laughs> I like that. Find me and play with me. I dig it. All right. So so I guess along similar lines of what you guys are talking about, when we first moved into this house, we had a moving company move us in. And this man was telling me um, you know, how uh how many children he had. And he had 14 children and I think with 13 different women. And I think he was in line with that dog you were talking about. And he th- thought he was so cute and handsome that he should just be procreating around <laughs> the whole world. So that's the joke part. No, it's not a joke. That conversation happened, but it's kind of, I was making the joke about what you said about the dog. Anyway, that's what I have to do. That's there's, there's one, look, shall we do a cliffhanger? Cause I know we're close. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I love okay. it. So yes. I told you about two levels of breeders. There's the responsible breeder. There's the backyard breeder. When we come back, I'll tell you about the third type of breeder that there is. <laughs> We're good at this. Shit. <laughs> this is pals. Cliffhanger. But you're right back. <laughs> Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies owners of small businesses and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, or what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Pulling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
the pals. It's Tommy and Val and Sandy. Here we go with the show. <laughs> I like that impromptu jingle. That That's was how I do it. Got to do it. Gotta be, always got to be on your toes, especially when we got a cliffhanger. Hashtag cliffhanger. <laughs> so there's there's responsible breeders, there's backyard breeders, and there is high volume mass produced puppy mills. So not every high volume breeder is a puppy mill, but all puppy mills are high volume breeders. So mm-hmm. there there are some responsible breeders, though far less than there used to be. There are some mm-hmm. responsible breeders that that run a very large operation, and they really are the backbones of the breed that they're in because they have enough dogs to be able to create really good things with the gene pool that they're working in, and they're doing all the genetic testing and doing all the careful placement of their, their puppies. They're not bad just because they're big. Um, however... If it's coming from someplace in the Midwest um, or someplace in Pennsylvania, because the Amish have discovered that puppies make a really good crop, yeah. um, that that's it's highly likely if you are looking at a website and you don't get to go and go to the property and meet the parents. Um, and so that would be one of my things on, oh, kitty time. That would, that would be one great, of my things. Sandy, great movie, by the way, Meet the Parents, right? And I, think, and I think we are, you know what, we might be in trouble with some of the breeders in the Midwest, but I'm pretty sure the Amish didn't hear you say anything about them. And um, I'll just leave yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's a, that no. gang, that's an Amish joke. They don't have yeah. electricity. Exactly. <laughs> but yes. Um, so so if, if you're looking at a website with lots and lots of puppies and the adults only have one name and there's no titles anywhere and they don't link you to the parent club of that breed or they've got three or four or seven different breeds on the same website mm. uh, and it's all really adorable puppy pictures and you put down a deposit maybe even before the litter's born and they ship the puppy to you or you have to go meet them somewhere on the side of the road you right. are not dealing with a responsible breeder and if you I just want to jump in also with one quick little true story because this is this also speaks to the mentality i think of um the irresponsible side of breeders uh so this actually happened about 2 years ago down the block from me in my old neighborhood, there was a breeder, which just broke my heart once I found out what they were doing and how they were handling their animals. And long story short, there was like a community page and this uh, woman was looking to rehome a three-year-old Mastiff that she had been breeding in her garage, by the way. And um, I bumped into her one day. She was carrying one of the puppies because this was, kind of like a, a, a great way of her getting free marketing because all the kids, when they came off the school bus, oh, puppy, 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 you know. And she asked me, you know, oh, do you know anyone who might want a dog? I'm rehoming this and that. And I, I just looked at her and I knew she had a kid. Her son at the time was like eight. And I said, aren't you guys attached? You know, isn't there like, I mean, I know the dog is attached. To, to you. And she said, well, yeah, it's really hard. It's going to be hard for my son. My son's really attached. The thing about it, this, this poor kid got this dog when he was five and has seen her birth babies. And now all of a sudden they're just going to give that dog away. It's heartless. It is cruel. And to me, that's just another version of cruelty. I mean, it's hard enough to lose an animal period. It's worse if they're just being shipped off because 
you know, the cash machine aspect of what they can provide the family, I guess, is technically over in their minds. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's sad. But a lot of people do look at animals as a commodity instead of as a family member. How do we change that kind of perception, though, too? Like, you know, uh, for the most most people wouldn't put their uncle or aunt out when they kind of got bored with them. Like, <laughs> I guess it really you know what? There's a lot there. Let me unwind. Oh, it. It's a good it depends on the family. And- Depends yeah, on the family and yeah, t- yeah. depends it's a really on the interim. good question. And, and I just will say that the, the thing that, that gets me the most, though, is the hypocrisy of it because they sell it on the selling side. Oh, look at this beautiful fur baby. Don't you want to add unconditional love and blah, blah, blah to your home? But on, in their lives, they treat them like a commodity. That's yeah. correct. If yeah. not, they do. And so one of the, I want to help people understand not only how to recognize a good breeder, but also how to find one. Um, and, and so if you find them on listed on Craigslist or on Facebook Marketplace or on the Nextdoor app, you probably did not find a responsible breeder because responsible breeders don't have to advertise. It's really, there's much, much, much more demand for puppies than we can possibly crank out. So, you know, responsible breeders don't breed 200 litters a year. We just don't. I I had one year where, oh, my gosh, I bred two litters out of two different females. Um, and that was a long time ago, but I had two litters in one year and I felt like I was going to die because, you know, you have a full time <laughs> job. The, selling the puppies is not my full time job. But it isn't, I, I, I got to interrupt you again, because because this is okay. a supply, this is a supply and demand thing. This is just straight up business. Right. I Like, right. like because if there's no demand for these animals. These unscrupulous, high volume puppy mills, no matter if they're, you know, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania or elsewhere, they're not they're not there. Right. Because I'm not going to go breed puppies if nobody wants to buy the puppies or I'm going to evolve as we learn and become a, either a backyard or a responsible breeder. So I think the the education piece, which is certainly one of the tenets of this show, is educating people on there's. You can go to a breeder. See, I I, I got to tell you, Sandy, before you came here today, I get confused about this. It's like, all right, so if I'm going to go get a dog, I got to go get a rescue. But no, I can go get a, a, a purebred, but I have to go to the right place to get it, right? Obviously, as, as we're talking about today. So to sound silly, this show is about educating people. But how do we continue from your perspective? How do we continue to get the word out aside from having people show up here and, and listening to us talk? Where, what would you say? Do you go out and speak on these topics? I do, as a matter of fact, yes. And the the purebred dog community is getting much better about being inclusive. Um, and by that, I mean the people who are the responsible breeders and who do dog sports. And we title our dogs with championships on this end and performance titles on that end. And, and uh, you know, we just have a good time with our dogs. Our dogs are more than just couch ornaments um, for most of us. And there are there's so many things you can do with your dog. And so I keep trying to get people to come and play with me. So come and play with me. Like, like Valerie, I took you and your husband to the dog show and you'd never been to a dog show before. And, and it's, it's, it's a totally different experience. And I, I want you to come down to Macon in April or to Perry in April to one of the biggest dog shows in the country where almost every type of competition that happens happens yeah. in the same place. So I might be able to. I really want yeah. to. I've always wanted to see an agility thing. But also, look, I do understand. Like, I have a friend who runs a, a winery. She's a vintner. And she has to, she, part of her uh, life is that she has to have a grand appearance or two with her at all times right. because protecting 
the rest of, of the animals on the farm. Yep. You know, and, and I'm and- not a not against this. My first choice, of course, if I was to get a Norwegian Elkhound, like I grew up with, like I told you, I love them so much. Mm-hmm. I would look for that breed specific rescue to turn to. And, and you know, every, me. every parent club I realize that's not going to be everyone. I do recognize, that, you know, and so this is why we want to educate and empower and whatever Tommy said at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So every parent club of every purebred dog has a rescue arm. They may link to the rescue arm. It may not be actually attached to the club, but they will link you to purebred rescue for that breed. Rescue, mm-hmm. rescue as it is currently done, was invented by the dog show community. Most I just have to throw something that. out there really fast, Sandy, because I know I, we're running a little short on time, but really quick before we're over, you know, would you would you want to come back? Would you Absolutely. want to Oh, okay, twist my I, arm. Ow, yeah. ow, it hurts so much. <laughs> All right, yeah. two things, two things on that. Yay, pump up. Two things. Yes, we want to have you back, but I think I'm hearing on location, I think you said Macon. Did you say Macon, Georgia? Or it's Perry? South of Macon, it's Perry, Georgia. Perry. Yeah. So I will bring my son who cannot walk past the dog without saying, I like your dog. Is it friendly? Uh, Can I pet your dog? So now we all sit. Yeah, you're like my son for sure. He's a good kid. But he, especially out of all my four children, just digs the dogs. Digs the dogs. That could be a show, Bell. And sometimes the dogs dig. They do. They do. My mom always wanted, uh, she never got a dog, but she always wanted a Samoy. But then she found out, like, they shed a bunch. And I might be saying the breed wrong. But they yep. dig big old holes in your backyard if you got they're big puffy dogs, right? Yep. Like is that, yep. yeah. that's yeah. that puppy picture that you showed early and you asked me what I thought about yeah. that dog and I said she's hungry. That's a yeah. Samoyed. Is that Samoya? I did. Okay, cool. All right. So now we are we are actually in the zone where um the host of our network is gonna beat me up in a couple minutes. Um, because mm-hmm. we're at time. Val, say something quick so I can get the quotes so we can close the show. I love everybody for listening and please share this episode so that we can spread the education. Thank you. And Sandy, you're awesome. Sandy, you are awesome. Thanks for being here. Gang, check us out every week, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. on the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, this is your professionals and animal lovers show. Sandy Weaver, thanks for being here. Valerie Heffron, thanks for your vision. Sam and Dylan on the other side of the glass. We leave you with this. In his total commitment to nonviolence, Gandhi always included the animals by stating, The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Make it a great day. Thank you. Amen. Yay, Gandhi. business owner. Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 